Welcome to the Mixed Movement, where we speak candidly about the uncommon commonalities that people of mixed race face in our world today. Here, we listen, share, learn, and acknowledge that through our stories, we are all connected. We are your hosts, me, Chris, and Rachel Go. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I am really excited about today's episode because, to be honest with you, it's pushing me a little outside of my comfort zone. I am going to share with you my story and a little bit about my complicated life. (laughs) And the reason why I know it's important is because we all have stories. We all live complicated lives. And the older I've gotten, the more I realize how important it is to share our stories because through that, it's amazing who we connect with and who we can help. Um, I feel like my life has been filled with a few unique challenges and honestly, I've learned other people have similar stories and I find that so comforting. So here goes. This is the story of Rachel Go. I was born into a pretty unique situation. My mom and the person I refer to as my dad, who I think is technically my adopted father, um, my mom and my dad were high school sweethearts. And they got married just after high school and had my older sister, Katie. And I, it was just shy of two years later, I was born. What makes me a little bit different is the fact that I am not my dad's daughter. My mom had had an affair with, I do believe, somebody that they all went to high school with. And what makes it a little more complicated is my mom is white, my dad is is white, and my biological father is black. So this is actually something that I learned just over the last three years. They all knew that I wasn't my mom's husband's child before I was born. I have no idea the conversations that were had (laughs) before I was born. I was actually very surprised to learn that they all knew about me because my dad signed my birth certificate, paid child support for me after I was born. I saw him every other weekend with my sister. I am his daughter, period. I grew up with the question of that my whole life, like... Was I a surprise? I wonder how he reacted. Did he pass out when I was a different color? (laughs) But apparently they all knew. I do want to say that in sharing my story, I'm here to share mine and not theirs. So as far as those conversations that were had, I don't know about them. And it is not my position to share because I can't tell their story for them. So. I was probably about two to two and a half years old when my mom and my dad got a divorce and my sister and I were 
in the basement with my mom. I was probably about four years old when this conversation happened. My mom sat us down and she said, girls, I have something to tell you. And we were little. I was four. So that means that my sister was probably five or six. And we sat down and I remember her mood. It was very heavy. It was very serious. And she said, I want to tell you something. You girls have different dads. And I had no idea what that really meant, but I remember just looking to her for guidance. And she sat sat there and she thought about it for a minute and she said, does that mean that we're still sisters? And she said, yes, yes, of course it does. And I will always be your mommy. And we just, she went, okay, and just <laughs> carried on with our little toddler lives and like nothing had changed. And nothing had changed. This was my family. This was my mom. This was my sister. I had my daddy. I had everything that I needed in my in my world. I did know my biological father. He would come by every once in a while with his wife and his family. So I knew of them. I didn't know them well. But my mom, for whatever her reasons were, still let him into my life. But it was very occasional. There was no structure to it. So as time progressed, I didn't see anything was really different in my world. I had my mom. I had my dad. I saw my dad every other weekend. He took me to the daddy-daughter dance, which I remember. My dad is a now-retired firefighter paramedic and One time in, I think it was the fourth grade, he and his partner had come in to talk to my class about fire safety. And I was so unbelievably excited. I remember, you know, talking to my mom about it the night before and I had butterflies in my stomach waiting in my classroom that day for my dad to walk through the door. My hero, my real life hometown hero, right? And He did a fantastic job. He was goofy. He was funny, talking about stop, drop, and roll and the D.A.R.E. program. And at the end of their presentation, he passed out stickers, and I was so proud, and he waved at me. And I remember when he left, watching him walk through the door, and I was just beaming. Like, that's my dad. That's my hero. All my classmates got to see my rock star of a dad. And when the door closed, I probably had the biggest, most ridiculous smile on my face. And I I turned to look at my fellow classmates. And of course, a couple of them were looking at me and I just had this sense of pride. And when I turned and I saw their faces, my stomach dropped Because they didn't have this look of, wow, that's awesome, on their face. Instead, it was a look of, what? Who's that? And I was completely and utterly deflated. I remember that day in the lunchroom, I had some serious questions 
to, that I was asked and that I was not at all prepared for them. That's not your dad. How does he look different? We know your mom. That's not your dad. How are you related to your sister? She's white. Your dad's white. Your mom's white. You must be adopted. There's no way that that is your dad. Explain to us how he is. And I remember fighting back tears and saying, I have the same last name as him. He's my daddy. He is... I. I just was shocked that I had to answer these questions. I was too little. So very quickly, the the most exciting week of my life, my my fourth grade career, suddenly got squashed because I didn't look like my dad. And that was pretty devastating. Hi, I'm Rachel Goh. It is my mission in life to help people like you learn to love every aspect of themselves in order to attain the life of their dreams. If you are ready to live a life free of fears and land that dream job or go travel the world or whatever your dreams may be, message me at coachrachelgoh at gmail.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-R-A-C-H-A-E-L go at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at live empowered now. There is nothing more powerful than loving the person you see in the mirror every day because courage starts within. And As time progressed, it became a little bit more intricate and a little more complicated when my dad remarried and he had remarried to my beautiful bonus mom right about the same time that my mom got remarried to my super awesome stepdad. My dad and my stepmom down the road had two daughters who are my sisters, my little sisters. I grew up babysitting them, fighting with them, (laughs) playing with them, and life was good. Um, And then my mom, the person that she had remarried, had three children from a previous marriage. And all of these siblings that I have acquired (laughs) are all Caucasian. And everything was fine in my world until I left my house and started playing with other, other, you know, neighborhood children or going into school. And I felt I was realizing very quickly that I had to explain how I was related to my sisters, to my stepbrother, to, you know, to everybody. And it started to wear on me. It it really made me feel very alone, especially because I only saw my biological father and and his family. I don't know, it was like it would go one year and then a year and a half later and then two years later and then six months later. It just it wasn't consistent. So I was never able to build a relationship 
with him or my siblings from his marriage. So I just proceeded with life as best as I could. I tried to be resilient. I tried to mask my pain with humor. So I am extremely funny, I like to think. (laughs) It's actually not healthy that way, but that was what I could do. That's all I knew how to do. I'm actually a very, very hard person to offend because I feel like internally I've said and thought it all to myself. And that's a really challenging life. Going to family reunions or family functions and having, you know, group photos. And, you know, my family on both sides, my mom is, you know, German and Czechoslovakian. My stepdad is Swedish and Norwegian, all all Eastern European. My grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins. Looking at that side of the family, at the family photos, especially in the summer, (laughs) I was different. And then my dad's side of the family, Irish and Lithuanian and all Eastern European, aunts, uncles, cousins, same. Wow, who's that one? Who is the brown girl? I have always felt like the literal black sheep in my family. And it was, I think, the the biggest defining moment where, you know, I, I spent my my younger years, 8, 9, 10, acknowledging that. 10, 11, I, I would look at these photos and, you know, they'd be hanging up on my walls. And I it just, I never really fully allowed myself to feel that way because it hurt. But when I was on a really exciting, very big family vacation with my mom and my stepdad and my sister and my step-siblings, we all went down to Mexico and I was 12, I think. If you listen to our earlier episode, you might have heard me share this story, but it's pretty definitive, so I'm going to share it again. We were in Mexico and it was day three or four of our trip and I tan very quickly. <laughs> My siblings do not. I mean, they are Eastern European, Norwegian, Swedish. <laughs> uh, so we had taken the morning and gone into town, the town of Playa del Carmen. And my stepsisters and I really wanted to get our hair braided. So we found somebody and we, we got our hair braided. I remember wearing, I was such a dork. <laughs> and I, I had this like Mexican vest that I found that I bought for the trip before we had left. And I wanted to wear that because I wanted to feel one with the culture. So I wore my vest, got my hair braided, walked around town. I remember how absolutely beautiful it was. And I just felt really happy to be there, really proud. And we went out to lunch when we were in town and we went to Senior Frogs and we're a large group. So we walk in, like, oh, you know, there's seven of us. The host said, okay, give me just one moment. Let me get a table ready for you. And we waited. And a few moments later, he came back and, okay, follow me. And so my family proceeded to follow our host to the table and I was last. And I was greeted with a hand in my face and another host saying, excuse me, how can I help you? And I just was taken aback. I was like, what? Oh, that's my family. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I walked very quickly to sit with my family. 
who I clearly didn't look anything like. I don't think I've told any of my parents about this. I don't even know if I've shared this story with my siblings. But that just validated all my fears, my concerns, my negative emotions about looking different. It was hard. I I came back from that trip feeling like, wow, I want to scrub off my tan. I don't want to look different anymore. I'm sick and tired of having to explain how I belong, where I'm supposed to be. It was so painful, but I hid it. And that just stuck with me. And that, I think, is when I really decided, you know what? I'm just going to laugh it off from here on out. Every single time I start school in the fall and I have to explain how I'm related to Katie, even though we have the same last name, we have the same address, we have the same mom, we have the same dad, I have to explain it year after year after year. And so I got very good at drawing my really complicated family tree with all of the vines like a banyan tree. (laughs) And I just, I didn't speak up. I didn't say anything to my mom because I didn't think there was an answer because there really wasn't. So I kept it inside and that ended up morphing into keep your mouth shut, Rachel. Nobody else understands. Nobody else knows. Just laugh it off. Pretend like everything is fine. And I realized as time progressed that I didn't want to ask questions to my dad or my mom because I felt like I was in a position where they could disown me especially my dad, because I wasn't his, and I knew that. And I was lucky to, to have a dad. So I just, I kept it all inside. And as time progressed and I got older and graduated from high school, I kind of got sick of answering those questions. But so I moved from the suburbs into the city. I worked at my sister's salon. And it was interesting. I worked there for two and a half to three years. And I still had to explain to my clients how I was related to my big sister. More humor. (laughs) More laughing it off. More having to justify how I'm related to my own family. Now, throughout this whole life, I didn't really have a relationship with my biological father and and that side of the family and my siblings. My brother, Nate, who he and I are very close in age, four months apart. I remember when I was living in Chicago, I was, we we were, (laughs) 23 or 24 years old. And he always kept a connection. It was, it was a little distant, but I remember he helped me move from one apartment to another. We just still weren't very close. He was married and had kids of his own, lived pretty far away from the city. But I think we just, we lived different lives, but it was nice to have a relationship with him. Even even though it wasn't really close. 
But the longer I stayed in Chicago and the longer I worked for my sister, the more I realized I just, I didn't want to live in the suburbs and I didn't want to live in the city. So I pondered moving to Arizona or moving somewhere warm until one day a really good client of mine who was my friend also said, hey, I'm moving back to Washington State and you're more than welcome to join me. And so me being my mother's baby, I rushed out to my mom's house at the age of 23 years old and said, mom, I'm thinking about moving and I'm moving to Washington. And she said, you know what? You are not married. You don't have children. You don't own a home. If this is something you really want to do, you better do it now. And so crazy me on a whim packed up and moved three months later. And I moved to a very small community population. I think at the time was only 26 to 28,000. I didn't have a car because I was racking up more in parking tickets than I was (laughs) my car payment every month. And I had my two cats and my dog and I knew one person. And it's interesting when you feel like you've been alone your whole life, And then you actually are. It's crazy what surfaces. I think I was, I had moved, I'd been in Washington for about two or three months and I felt really alone. And I looked back at all of my family in the Midwest. And it was seriously then and only then when I realized how truly deeply and utterly loved I am and I always will be who else can say you have two moms three dads and nine siblings who love you and who won't disown you because you look different but instead they love you because of who you are sometimes it takes something really drastic in life to happen for you to truly acknowledge what you have. Man, it still hits me like a ton of bricks when I realize that it doesn't really matter what other people say. It doesn't matter the questions. It matters how you feel. And I look back at my life and my family and I never felt excluded when I was with my family, ever. It was when I had to explain to other people that I felt excluded. That's not fair. (laughs) But sometimes it takes time and it takes a major perspective shift to get you to really wake up, open up, and realize what you have. And it's crazy because it doesn't even stop there. Um, I was in my 20s when I moved and I am now 40 years old. And three years ago, my biological father passed away. And I never fully let him into my life. And I cannot tell you exactly why. I think maybe it had something to do with the way my mom navigated my relationship with him that made me put up walls. But I did communicate with him periodically. He did get to see his grandbabies via FaceTime, my three children. 
but it was still that a side of my family, a part of my family that I really didn't know very well. And I felt like I wasn't allowed to, which is really interesting as an adult. But that's something that I carried with me. And when my biological father passed away three years ago, I flew down to Texas where he was on hospice. And it was interesting. I flew to a state that I'd never been to. And I had family that I didn't even know I had picking me up from the airport and making arrangements for my accommodations in my late 30s. And it was really weird. I was in the hotel room by myself the day after I landed and I called my my sisters, my dad and his wives, two little girls. Because I never had that conversation with them, ever. Like, do you know that I'm not actually your sister? And I felt like, you know what? Now is the time. Because if I share photos or whatever on Facebook where I'm tagged as this is my sister or this is my dad or this is my cousin and I'm with other people, it's really interesting that that was the driving factor to finally have this conversation. I just... I didn't want them to question anything. So I called them. I stood in front of the window. My hands were shaking. And I remember calling them individually and asking, hey, I know it's pretty obvious that I'm not your your full sister, but do you know my story? And both of my beautiful sisters, who I love dearly, were like, oh, yeah, we know. Duh. (laughs) I'm like, oh, cool, great, I can let that go now. But it's just crazy that I still lived in fear of being rejected by my own family in my late 30s. And then later that day, Christine flew in. And I'm not gonna lie, I was a little, I was a little afraid. I don't know why. I was afraid that she was going to disown me. And because I hadn't spoken to her in probably four four years. And when we did, it was via FaceTime on Christmas Day. And it was just very quick. And we had communicated a little bit here and there over the years, but nothing too in-depth. We really didn't have a relationship with one another. And I remember sitting in the room with our dad and sitting by the window. And she she said, all right. Basically, we're going to have a conversation. And I was terrified. I was shaking. And I was like, okay. She said, you know what? My whole life, I've always wanted a little sister. I got two little brothers. You can have them. (laughs) You can have them both for one sister. And knowing that you have always been there, but I haven't been able to talk to you, has been so painful. Naturally, I started crying almost hysterically. She said, can we start over? And wow, I just felt so much love um, and acceptance um, from a side of my family that I think I was a little afraid to welcome in. And so every single day, ever since we've communicated, and later that day in Texas, 
Nate flew in um, and the three of us spent the rest of our our time there together. Together. It was like nothing had ever changed in the sense that we were kids together and we were close and we were happy and we laughed and we joked and we loved. And ever since that day, we've been in communication with each other every single day. This is never to discount my relationship with my my siblings that I grew up with. But to feel finally like I have a relationship with the side of my family that I don't have to explain how I'm related to, it's a different kind of feeling. It's whole. Again, I have my whole family again. And it's amazing. And I'm sharing this because I know that I am not alone. I know there are people that have felt that they didn't belong in their own skin, in their own family, their whole life, and you're not alone. Sometimes it's really challenging being a different skin color than your mom or your dad or your siblings, but I'm here to remind you that we are all here for a reason, no matter the intricacies, the complications, no matter what, you are here for a reason, and we are all mixed to perfection. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We want to be here for you, and we can't do what we're doing without your support. Please hit subscribe, and to stay up to date, head on over to mixmovement.com. That's M I X D M O V E M E N T.com to stay up to date with news and more. We are the Mixed Movement. See you next time.